Welcome again to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard. That was the Scorpions and Rock You Like a Hurricane. I've got Herman Rarebell here today, which is a fantastic uh, 
thing. Herman was the uh, drummer in the Scorpions in, in their sort of classic period from the late 70s to the mid 90s and was a prominent co-songwriter in the group, including that track. Let's hear more from me and my chat with Herman. Hi Herman, it's uh, Jason here. Yes, hi Jason, how are you doing? It's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, same here, you know. <laughs> Where are you right now? I'm in Yorkshire. Oh, yeah. I know the area. John Parr, my friend John Parr, he lives up there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's not, not too far away, is John. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nice area. Yeah, nice countryside. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the main reasons we're here, we're here today, Herman, is, is to talk about the Drum Legends show, April the 12th at the Brighton Dome. And yeah. what a lineup you've assembled there with uh, Pete York, obviously famous for this in the uh, Spencer Davis group, as well as Ginger Baker, who, who uh, needs no introduction. How far back does the concept of Drum Legends go? Well, uh, I, first, you know, uh, I started already with this idea with Pete York back in 2006, 2007. Mm. We did one show in Spain, and after this, we each went different directions again. Uh, Pete went to different jobs, I did different jobs. And I moved to Brighton in 2008. Yeah. And over the years, one of my neighbors, uh, her name is... Ina Ditke, she is the agent from Ginger Baker. And so being, uh, speak the same language, so to speak, you know, we, we talked about it. So one night I said to her, I think the perfect thing for Ginger would be to join me and Pete and we do drum legends because we each could play songs from our past. And uh, that would be the idea. She's loved the idea. But at the time, Ginger Baker played with the jazz confusion. And at the time, he didn't want to play any cream songs, you know. So I said, this show only going to work if we play our hits from the past. In other words, I want you to play White Room. I want you to play Sunshine of Your Love. I will play Rocky Like a Hurricane, of course. And Pete is going to play Keep On Running. And, and I'm a man. And give me some loving. And this is what people want to hear. So uh, I think now we're all ready for this. And that's why we decided to do our world premiere here in Brighton hmm. on the 12th of April. And I think it could it could be a very interesting show because we don't have to introduce ourselves anymore to the public as drummers. They all know us for many years. No. So this will be hmm. a new thing, so to speak. Have you assembled just one band to play with all three of you? Have you got different bands? I've, I've read that you've got some amazing musicians like Bernie Marsden playing. Yeah, well, we had, I tell you what, we had so many musicians, you know, for this show. The, in the beginning... We thought, yes, we should use one band, and we just played drums to that. But we found out that having different styles, this was not too easy, because Pete York uh, musicians come from jazz, yeah. excellent players, and my musicians that come from rock, also excellent players. So when we rehearsed, we found that people sounded best, Pete sounded best with his band, and I sounded best with my band. And Ginger wanted to play his songs with his band. So now we have each our band behind us to perform our songs. But then in the end, we will come out and play, of course, an encore all together, you know. Ah, brilliant. You know, we pick something easy, probably like You Really Got Me or something like this. Also, when the guest comes, he could join in then. But we wanted to start a show with the three of us, uh, play with and against each other, you know, 
different beats, making a quick introduction of each of us in the beginning, and then I will continue directly with Rocky Like a Hurricane, you know. Then I do my uh, classic Scorpion songs, the ones I wrote and co-wrote. In other words, Rocky Like a Hurricane, Blackout, Another Piece of Meat, all the songs, you know, we're also going to play Falling in Love, which we never did live, as you know, with the Scorpions and Passion Boots the Game, another one. Yeah. And of course, a drum solo, and then Ginger will come out and play Right Room, do his tote, his drum solo, and then Pete will come out and play Give Me Some Loving, Keep On Running, and the Spencer Davis hits. He also has a nice medley with his keyboard player, where they do like a Hardy in New York thing. You remember Hardy in New York? Yeah, that was his band uh, a few years after, wasn't it? Yeah, the smallest big band in the world, and this keyboard hmm. player is really fantastic. So he plays it with Pete, and they're going to do the, the Beatles medley, like like they did with Hardy in New York. And then afterwards, uh, Ginger will come out and play Sunshine If You Laugh, where we're probably going to join in then also, Pete and me. And then play till the end, and that's it, you know. Then uh, go out, play the encore, and end that also with another drum thing in the end. Like a good night show. Yeah, it sounds brilliant. I mean, uh, you know, as, as a collective, so many hits, but not only hits, just rock classics. Uh, you know, just heard it. This is all. You're only going to hear rock classics. You're not. You're not going to hear. Of course, yeah. I have a new one called Drum Dance. This yeah. is my drum solo. But that's the only, the other ones for my, for example, you know them all. Mm. I mean, everybody knows Rocky Like a Hurricane, everybody knows Blackout, everybody knows Another Piece of Meat, all those classics are going to play. I'd, I'd like to kind of, uh, you know, j- just go back a bit. As, as, a, as a drummer, who, who was it that kind of really influenced your style in, in those formative years in the 60s? For me, for sure, John Bonham, you know. Wow. I remember uh, when I was... Uh, 18, 19, yeah? yeah. And I heard on the radio, I go, what's this? <laughs> and then I heard immediately, this is the kind of music I want to do. When I heard the drum came in, I go, wow. Yardbirds mm-hmm. before, obviously, but the, the main influence was obviously Bonham then. Of course, Ian Pace was around. I heard already in those days, uh, Ginger Baker, of course, and Pete, you know. Never dreamt mm-hmm. that I ever would play with them one day in my life. But yeah, you see. And uh, so this, where my, but the big influence really, which I said, this is it. Yeah. Bonham, uh, Keith Moon, of course, also. And interesting that, that you know, those drummers were British and, and you came over to Britain. And, in, and that was strange in that that led you to joining the Scorpions, obviously, German musicians again. Well, i tell you what happened. In 71, when I came over uh, to, to England, uh, I had a few dollars in my, a few pounds in my pocket. But Michael Schenker, who was already playing with the with UFO then and made himself already a name in England, he had already Dr. Doctor and Lights Out in London and all that stuff. So I, I admired them, I heard about it. And uh, I know from Germany about them, and we became friends in England. He used to go to the Marquis Club, and there was a pub next to the ship, or the old ship, and that's where we met. So, of course, he speaks German, I spoke German, then he found out I was a drummer, and then he said to me one day, my brother comes over here, they play at the Marquis Club, so they look for a drummer, so why don't you go and introduce yourself? So he introduced me to Rudolf, and we got on very well, had the same taste, we both loved Led Zeppelin, and then the next day, I was an audition at the Sound Circus in Holborn. Mm. 
And I went there, so what Michael didn't tell me, there was another 50 drummers sitting there also for the job. Hmm. But to make a long story short, I got the gig, and a week later I was in Hanover. Wow. And a year later, the Scorpions were in the top 10 in Japan. Hmm. So, so for, for me, England was always a big influence. And you joined at a you know, really interesting time for the Scorpions, and one of the things that, that sets you apart, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is... You know, uh, be, as a as a songwriter as well. I mean, even on the first uh, Scorpions albums that that you were involved with, Taken by Force, there's a track on there. He's a woman, she's a man. How did you get involved in the? I tell you, this is a funny <laughs> story. You're going to laugh now, as English. Yeah. When I was when I when I joined them in '77, on the 18th of May, Klaus's wedding day, and I was there at the wedding. I was probably the only one in the band who spoke English. Ah. All the things they did before were come together with dictionary books, translation books, and so on. But then when we went in the studio to do our first record, Taken by Force, they said to me, can't you help us with some lyrics? So I listened to all the songs, and one song, which was in the end of the composing, they said, we need urgently lyrics for this. And I said, I have an idea. He's a woman, she's a man. And the song came together on one of our promotion trips to Paris. Mm. And we go to the red light district, and the, all those who are stayed there and all make their offers, and they come to the to the window. So we put the window down. So one beautiful girl walks towards the window with a very deep man voice. So she was a transvestite. Said, Hi guys, how are you? <laughs> so we laughed. So I said, "He's a woman, she's a man." So this was my first lyrics. So and when that song became very really known all over Germany. Then, from then on, I started to write more and more. And as you can see in many of the Scorpion songs, you see the names yeah. Re- uh, Rebel, and you see, of course, Klaus Meine and Rudolf Schenker.
Love Drive, the the following uh, Scorpions album, which has kind of fuses that hard rock sensibility with a bit more sort of the melodic side of things. Also one of my favorites, not a piece of me. Number one, I wrote that song, as you know, completely, and it has also for me a really, really uh, great memory from Japan because this was also created on a real story there. Uh-huh. But I also want to play Falling in Love because it never was played live. The same for Passion Roots, the game. Those two songs were never. The same goes for Make It Real, was played live, but Make It Real, I wrote the lyrics complete, so it means for me something very uh, deep meaning because the, the words in there I really mean with all my heart and soul. Mm. You know what's funny? Yesterday I had to do some shopping, yeah? So I went to do to Waitrose, standing at the parking, there's Michael Schenker coming around the corner in his car. Is that amazing coincidence? What are you doing? Here? Well, I'm doing some shopping. Wow. So he started to talk for one hour. It was just, we know each other 50 years, so it was very funny. And yesterday was his birthday on top. And in the morning, I sent him happy birthday. He didn't even know I was in Brighton. Because I was gone over Christmas. Yeah. I went to Germany, you know. I yeah. spent time with my wife, you know. So I came back on the 8th of January. He didn't know that. This was a real coincidence. <laughs> he didn't know I was playing with Ginger and nothing. So I said to him, well, look, I play on the 12th wow. of April, come down there, and his wife was with him, Amy. I said, both you, my guests, you come down there. And they both said, yes, we are coming, you know. Yeah. So you should come down, because if I see him sitting there, I'm going to say, ladies and gentlemen, Brilliant. I can think yes, yeah. <laughs> he's going to come up now and he's going to play blackout <laughs> with me. And he cannot say, no, I'm not. They're going yeah, wow. to go up there, up there. <laughs> Crowd go mental. Yeah, look, UFO stolen uh, Michael literally from the Scorpions. He was a 16-year-old boy, mm. and then the others yeah. were, what, 20? By the time he was 18, they'd done him in. He yeah. must have taken by that time every truck or any piece of alcohol you can imagine. Because there was five alcoholics in the band. Can you imagine? They found him, he was 16 years old. Yeah. Because there's that period where he came into the Scorpions briefly and left again. Yeah, he came uh, when I joined for the first album, the Love, the Love Drive album. No, he, I was already in there with uh, Taken by Force, and he heard them and... Me and him, we always liked each other from the playing side and also as, as, as guys. So then when I saw him again and he said, yes, I'm fighting with them the whole time. I said, why don't you join us? I said, everything is good now. We have management now in America. He said, yeah, I'll come over and visit you. So he comes and visits me in Hanover. And then we go in the studio and, you know, like musicians, we play and one thing is to the other. He played on the whole album suddenly on Love Drive. He definitely played the lead guitar solo, another piece of me. That's Michael. You are right. So all right. 
Animal Magnetism. I mean, you run a, a lot of tracks on that album, and to, to many many people, that's their favourite Scorpions record. No, but I see what you mean. But if I play Animal Magnetism, it's for me for this show too slow. Ah. Uh, I think people with drum, they want to have more rhythmical stuff. Mm. I mean, it's very hard, as you know, when you play drums to play a song like Animal Magnetism because it's so heavy. Mm. It's like a cashmere for me, that kind of feeling in there. Did you come up with that phrase uh, for, for the, the track and the album? Yes, of course. It was my, was my idea, Animal Magnetism. And it means also, you know, not purely the sexual attraction. It means also the mesmerism of Arnold Meissner. He was the first one who did hypnotism to patients in Vienna so they could do the complete uh, operation on the tooth without feeling the pain. Ah. And when you look it up in the dictionary, there it comes, animal magnetism. Mesmerism.
and you mentioned falling in love and am I right that you you did the lyrics and the music on on that one yeah both things there the same with another piece of me so I'm going to play all my songs there in that show obviously but I mean most of the songs I wrote with the other two anyway became hits like yeah. like uh, Rocky Like Oregon. I'm debating with myself to play Wind of Change, which would the woman would love it, but I think it's the wrong mm. song for drum legends. You know, it is it is a it is a song a typical song for scorpions when you make an acoustic evening or stuff like this. The woman loves yeah. it. Yes, that's the way it is. But in this show, I think, as the name is Drum Legends, we should uh, show our skills, obviously, yeah. but not the whole evening drum solos. That would make it boring. And between that, we should play our hits from the past. I mean, I said to Ginger, look, if you play Sunshine of Your Love, you're the only one in the world who can play this now. Mm. Jack has passed away, and Eric is Eric. He's not going to play with you ever mm. again. Mm-hmm. It could, there could never be cream without Jack Bruce, you know what I mean? Yeah. For songs like Falling in Love where you uh, do the music, how, how, uh, are you, do, you, do you play guitar as well or how, how do you uh, get across the music? I do a bit of guitar, but my main instrument was, um, which I learned also in music academy, was keyboards. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I did all my compositions on keyboards, and then when the first drum machines came out, I was the first one who had a lid, and I programmed everything on there. And usually I played the beat on my own drums, but I then get into composing. I what I do, I put it on on tape then, obviously, and then put the next channel, put the drums on there, the beats, and then did it, did it with the with the keyboard, and then you can put one knob on there, put guitar on there, but you play on keyboard the sound of the guitar.
in that early 1980s period, you, Scorpions kind of did a lot of touring with, with many of your peers in terms of you know, some amazing rock bands. Um, I've read that Blackout was inspired by uh, touring with Judas Priest and kind of s- some of the events that ha- yeah. happened. The mines, yeah. exactly. It was in Idaho, and I was sitting there one night, and there was this unknown band from Sheffield called Def Leppard, who was the opening act, and the Scorpions were the special guest, and Judas Priest was the headliner. So the next thing, I'm coming in there, they're all sitting there, the flappered boys there on the table, and watching this TV, this was one of those wonderful cheap hotels in those days, 82 or whatever it was, I think it was a Howard Johnson or any of them, you know, whatever, um, suddenly I see the police outside, and that Rudolph is walking into a driveway, a kind of supermarket, and wanted to get drinks there, but they told him it was shot or something, and he wouldn't accept this, so they called the police, and they were nearly arresting him. All I remember, he had a complete uh, drunk, and he got a blackout, he couldn't remember the next day. So he went in there, he still had a drink in his hand, which he put in the TV, which was standing there in the lobby, and I put him upstairs, and I put him to bed, and the next morning, complete blackout. That's what I said. You had a blackout. And that's how the title came together. I realized I missed today, but I'm too wrecked to care anyway. <laughs> this is, also my, all my lines come from real life. It's the same with, it's early morning and the sun comes out last night, was shaking and pretty loud. This is rocky like a hurricane. And I think you should write about something you really had the experience in life also, so you know what you're talking about.
So with songs like "You Give Me All I Need," that's that's linked to you know a, a relationship or how you felt uh, at the time. Yeah, this was my first wife, and uh, of course, being from America, being from Hollywood, the marriage lasted for six months and it was annulled. But it was my big love. Mm. So "You Give Me All I Need" came out from this time period. It was written around the the blackout time period.
there's some tracks kind of from from the the late 80s of Scorpions that that don't necessarily get their due sometimes and you know tracks like Passion Rules the Game yes this, I always wondered about this song everybody I played that song to they all think this is, could be a great single and in fact it should be in my opinion at least as a successful uh, as a song like Rocky Like a Hurricane or even Wind of Change or Still Loving You mm-hmm. because it has a very n- nice commercial hook. By the way, Klaus Meiner wrote the lyrics in this song and I wrote the music. Ah. This was one of the songs I composed, composed completely on piano. Wow. And that's easy on keyboard to compose songs like this. Again. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I ain't gonna 
one of the things I wanted to ask you briefly about was that um, playing the wall live in Berlin, you know, Roger Waters, and, and it must have been brilliant to, to play the opening track in the flesh uh, there at the Berlin Wall. I tell you, it was killer. It was, uh, this, is, uh, this is the moment in my life which I don't like to miss, have missed, you know. Yeah. It was my, ha- my hair, Jason is still standing up, you know, when I think about it. You, there you have 400,000 people sitting there in the in nowhere land where there were all the, the mines before. So many people died there who tried to escape. And you think about the wall. And I, last night I watched the news on BBC and then I see this idiot from America who wants to build a wall. And I'm saying to myself, yeah. <laughs> haven't they learned nothing? I would wish all those people could come over to Berlin and talk to the people who didn't see their relatives for nearly 20 years. Nobody could go to the east and the east could come not to the west. And I feel we did with Wind of Change, we broke the wall down. Uh, we had Gorbachev, as you know, and President Reagan in the video shaking their hands. And three weeks later, the war was history on November 9. And a year later was the show with Watcher Waters. Wow. And now I look at the whole situation and I think, I feel like we went back 30 years, not forward, backwards 30 mm. years. Mm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. There we are playing the Moscow Music Peace Festival, 1989, on August 12th and 13th. As you know, with John Bon Jovi, with Ozzy Osbourne, all those bands, and then now is Cold War again between the United States and the Soviet Union. Here too. Yeah. Germany too.
and it was great that Scorpions at the time promoted such a positive message and, and captured that zeitgeist, uh, you know, wonderful. Yeah. I'm very proud that we were the deliverers, the deliverers of this message, you know. I never thought the song would become this big, but I think because of the wall coming down and all the promotion, every time you saw a video, you saw that, you know. Now we have 310 million viewers for that video up to today. Our winds have changed. Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's what I mean. If yeah. I play this now with drum lessons, yes, I could do it. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I don't think it fit. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting where where you'd you'd fit that. You'd probably have to have it as some sort of encore before the encore. Maybe not as an encore, as a last, last, last. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it fits. There's nothing to yeah. drum in there. You yeah, know. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it really, you know. And um, by the nineties, there was a shift in the music scene. I understand there's you, you kind of wanted to take a break, and and you moved on to new ventures, a record label, your own projects. Absolutely, I had enough by that time, and I, I saw it already when Nirvana came out. I saw the big change in the music industry. Suddenly, our record company came to us and said, "Come on, you should produce. You guys should produce an album like Nirvana, that kind of stuff." We said, "Well, we're not Nirvana. We are the Scorpions," you know. So uh, you cannot push somebody in something where his heart is not in. Mm. Uh, so I, I think, you know, the best decision was here to really go then and say, okay, I had all the high points of my life. I played in every stadium around the world. I've sold Madison Square Garden three days out and so on. I think, you know, then you come to a point, it's now time to do something else. And I did. I did a record label with Prince Albert of Monaco at the time. And we got completely broken in 2001 because suddenly all the big record companies were all gone. They had the same problem. Internet came in and from that moment on record sales were over. Yeah. Yeah, real shit. Then Spotify came and all those things. So the, the whole record industry went bankrupt. Now there's only three big ones left, as you know. Sony, Universal and uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, uh, no, I think it was the right decision to do. The others are still touring, you know. Mm. I still get, still make my money from performing rights and whatever their income is. I still have a shareholding there. But I think it was the right time for me to get out there. Because, and as I can see, they still play the same songs when I was with them. Yeah, and you, you, the, you know, the, the core of your time in the band was the 1980s and what a time to, to, to be a rock star. I mean, it mustn't get... But the best, the best time in my life was the 80s. Yeah. And that was the time when we were rock stars. I left in 96. Yeah. So, and as you know, I joined 77. So, uh, I think that was the best 20 years of my life, really. I had the golden years with the band and all the big hits. You hear her rarely play the drums from Wind of Change to Loving You, Rocky Like a Hurricane and all of them. That's the difference. All the people who play after me, they have to copy me. Yeah. I had I was the one who created that. They're basically playing your your the drums that you you set the template for. I'm playing my creation, what I created for those songs, and uh, I'm glad that Klaus still thinks the songs are composed. Obviously, they're in high demand with the public, working like a hurricane. They have to play in, in every show, otherwise they're going to probably kill him. <laughs> And I think that can still go on in the next 10 years. And hopefully we can do the same with drum legends, you know.
it does sound such a brilliant concept and hopefully um you know it will be a great success and and, and maybe other sort of drum legends can can get involved as well and the, the whole concept can mushroom yeah the whole concept is already i have already phone calls from people i cannot tell you the names now which are very interested in doing something with me in the future so i have to play it by ear also have to see how healthy uh, ginger is if he wants to do it you know yes and what he's up to I thank God he's not playing any more jazz now in the small clubs because I think he doesn't deserve this. My feeling is he should go back to play cream songs and play big holes again, you know. And I think with this lineup, we can easily fill 2,000 people a night. I have no doubts in my mind about this. So that's what we should do. So at the show on that night, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna start with Rocky like a hurricane and Passion Roots the game. Make it real, and then I made a medley with falling in love, ending with blackout, and then I go into another piece of meat, and then I do a song called drum dance. Yeah. Do my drum solo. Okay. This is my 30 minutes. Okay. Then Ginger comes out, and then Pete with the songs. Uh, obviously, he's going to play Sunshine if you love in White Room, and Toad and Pete is going to play. Obviously, keep on running on Gibby's I'm loving and I'm a man and somebody help me and all that stuff. So I think it will be very interesting shows when you add drum solos on top of this. And also in the end, I think we should play You Really Got Me. Like, remember Van Halen when we did the, did the version? That's one. Ah, the really hard version. And the that, hard yeah. rock version. And then if you have, for example, a guitar player guest that night, let's say, for example, Michael Schenker shows up or anybody, then I can say, come up. Because with that song, anybody can jam. You don't need to know there's only three chords in there. Okay, well, let's uh, let's finish with Make It Real then. Okay, yeah, fine. Super, thank you very much. Brilliant. No, pleasure. My band is really good. They know all those songs. So all I have to tell them, look, tomorrow night, uh, we add uh, Don't Make No Promises. Tomorrow night, we're going to add Loving You Sunday Morning, and so it's easy. One of my favorite also is Coast to Coast, you know. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Well, let, Michael Schenker wrote it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> pleasure. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Herman. It's been a real pleasure, and I wish you all the... Well, not that you need it, because it's such an incredible show. Uh, Drum Legends, uh, you've got your own website where people can keep uh, up to date with your your latest projects as well. Well, we play on the 12th of April with the Drum Legends at the Brighton Dome at 8 o'clock in the evening, and I hope to see you all there so you can hear all your classic rockets again. Brilliant. Take care, then. Brilliant. Thanks, Herman. Cheers. Bye-bye. You too, Jason. Take care. Bye-bye for now.
for listening to the strange brew podcast if you do like the show please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online it's been almost 10 years since i started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time all your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests to support me just go to the strangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the homepage. thank you very much Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.